Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I am your host, Josh Rayleigh. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Uh, I got to catch up with Max Kulik again. If you didn't catch the first episode that I did with him, it was episode number 43 on getting kids into the outdoors. Uh, this time we catch up a bit, talk about Max's waterfowl season so far, and then Really hit on the topic on everyone's mind right now, the rut. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting pumped up. I'm starting to see uh, little bucks cruising during the day, um, having some nicer shooters starting to show up on camera. So it's it's about that time. Uh, I'm not making my move just yet, but Max and I are both taking rutcations this year right around the same time, and we're going to be hunting not too far from one another. So we talk a little bit about our plans, uh, the strategies that we're going to be employing, there's some gear talk in here. We talk about balancing all of this with family life because, I mean, when you've got a couple of little kids and you say, hey, see you later, honey, I'm going to go take a rutcation for a couple of days, that really disrupts things at home. So we get into all that good stuff. It's a great episode. If you don't already follow Max, he and his wife, Megan, have a page uh, on Instagram where you can track all of their family's outdoor adventures at Coolix by Nature, or you can find Max at Max Coolick. So as I record this right now, I am roughly... Uh, six days from my own rutcation when I'm going to be pulling out of the driveway for my rut hunt this year. I just got back yesterday from the beach with the family, had a great time with the wife and kids and cousins and grandparents and aunt, uncle, all that good stuff. Uh, It was a little bit cool, but we were still able to swim down uh, on the coast of Alabama, had a great time camping. I got home to a pretty fantastic mail day. Like, I love mail day, right? When when cool stuff comes in, new toys, that kind of thing. I got home from vacation. I wasn't expecting this package to be there. I get there. It's an awesome package from our friends over at Vortex Optics. They hooked me up with some new glass. I wanted to upgrade my, my uh, Crossfire binos that I've had for several, several years now. And if you saw the video that I did on those... I tore them up pretty good uh, over the last couple of years. Sent them in last year. Their warranty uh, covered everything. They sent me a brand new pair in the mail, but I wanted to get something to help me reach out there just a little bit further. So they sent me some Viper HD 12 by 50s, which are amazing. I've been using them around the house and kind of out in the backyard, and man, I cannot wait to hunt with these things. Also got the new Diamondback HD 2000 rangefinder. It's small, compact, uh, easy to use, comes with a carry case, which is awesome if you are like me and you like to drop your rangefinder from time to time and then man the thing that i am really pumped about is this diamondback hd spotting scope now i got the angled one uh, at their recommendation and uh yeah i'm i'm pretty pumped about this so my plan is to possibly hunt north dakota next year uh with in which case this this spotting scope is going to really come in handy and then also for for turkey hunting i love having a spotting scope for turkey hunting 
because one of the things I really like to do is to kind of watch their patterns, right? Like I, I like to call in birds. That's really, really fun, but I love to sort of pick up on what their patterns are. And it's a lot easier to call in a bird when you kind of know which general direction he likes to go. Uh, also though, in this box was some of their apparel. Now I, ha I haven't had, now I haven't had a ton of Vortex apparel in the past. I've had some shirts and some hats and that kind of thing, but I got their new Shed Hunter Pro jacket. And uh, man, this just jumped to the top of my list for casual wear. It is warm, it is comfortable, it fits great. The collar and hood are super nice. You can go check out their apparel and all their other glass at vortexoptics.com if you're wanting or needing some new glass for the season. Uh, definitely give their optics a look. I could not be more impressed with the stuff that Vortex is putting out. And like I already mentioned, for me, it's that VIP warranty that gets my gets my business and has always drawn me to Vortex. They stand behind their products. They're good people over there. So yeah, go check them out. Anyway, uh, it's always nice to get back from a family trip to some new hunting gear. Uh, but I was out topping off the family time bucket before Sunday when I'm finally going to pull out for Wisconsin. And I'll be hunting for 15 days. Uh, or as long as it takes to kind of get it done there. If I can get it done a little bit sooner, I'll obviously be happy with that. Uh, I'm starting to see, like I said, a couple smaller bucks up on their feet, a couple of nicer bucks popping up where maybe I hadn't been picking them up before, which is really, really good. Uh, can't wait for the rut to bust loose. One thing that uh, I am pumped to try out this year, uh, you know, I've had on uh, Matt Strime from Weather Oaks Game Calls a couple of times already. Those guys make a great turkey call. Uh, and this year they are selling their grunt tubes and man, this grunt tube is awesome. It is really high end. It's got a wooden mouthpiece, super nice. It's going to be my go-to over the next couple of weeks. I don't like to rattle a lot on public land, but I've, I've had pretty good success with grunting on public land in Wisconsin. Uh, Weather Oaks now has their website up and live, uh, weatheroaksgamecalls.com. You can go check them out if you need a new grunt tube this year. If you're like me, you probably lost yours from last year because that's just kind of my yearly tradition is to lose one. Uh, seems like every year, but this is not one you'll want to lose. It's not one of the cheap plastic ones that you'll pick up from Walmart. So uh, yeah, go give them a look, weatheroaksgamecalls.com. Anyway, I'm going to be hunting in Wisconsin starting on Monday morning after the drive. And if I'm able to get it done early, then I'm going to drop down to Illinois. I'm looking at the southern part of the state, but I'm open to recommendations. If you've hunted public land on Illinois in the past uh, and have something to suggest, you want to point me in the right direction, I'm not above taking advice from folks. So I've never hunted Illinois before, but it is definitely on the docket if I can get things done in Wisconsin. And then if by some miracle I can tag out in Illinois, Kentucky is next on the list. Another state that I've never hunted, but one that I've always wanted to hunt. So uh, if you want to keep up with my hunt, though, over the next couple of weeks, go give me a follow on Instagram. I'll be posting and sharing a bunch of stuff on my story there. While you're at it, go follow or subscribe to this podcast, whatever it is that your podcast platform allows you to do. And uh, if you like the show, please leave me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate that, and it will help others find this show. Speaking of which, have you shared this podcast with a friend? Uh, friends don't let friends live without knowing about the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast. So I would really appreciate it if you could share this with some buddies who are like-minded and love the outdoors in Wisconsin. But uh, yeah, it's that time of year when everybody wants to find a good hunting podcast to tune into. So between now and next week, a lot of big bucks are going to start hitting the dirt. I hope you're one of the fortunate hunters who gets a crack at one. Good luck to all of you this fall. Now, before I jump off of here and let you hear my conversation with Max, I got to thank the show sponsors. And we actually have a new sponsor for the show. I've told you all before, I take partnerships with brands very, very seriously. I partner with brands that I trust, brands that I know that if I recommend them to you all, 
you're going to receive high-end products and high-end service. And it's important to me that all the brands are stuff that I actually use on a regular basis. And I don't think there's any piece of hunting gear that I use more often than my Onyx Hunt app. They are the newest show sponsor. I've been using Onyx for years now. I've used it down in Louisiana. I've used it in Alabama. I've used it in Wisconsin. I've used it to map scout a bunch of other states. It's the most user-friendly mapping app out there for outdoorsmen. Uh, I use this for hunting, scouting, hiking, camping, checking out new spots from a distance, just getting around town. I use it all the time, pretty much every single day. So I am jacked to be adding Onyx to our list of partners. As we get into the rut time frame, you know, pinch points and bedding areas are crucial. One feature that I've really been diving into over the last couple of days is the optimal wind feature. You can go into one of your waypoints, say it's your tree stand, set the best wind direction, and it will let you know if the wind is good, bad, or just okay for that location. It also gives you a wind calendar so you can see what the wind is doing right now, as well as the local forecast for sunrise, midday, and sunset. It's just one more way that Onyx makes hunting smart simpler. If you're not already using Onyx, man, I, I don't know what to tell you other than where have you been, first of all. And uh, also, you can get a free seven-day trial right now. Just go to your app store and search Onyx Hunt. Sign up for your seven-day risk-free trial. Next up, Tacticam. They are the title sponsor of this show. They're the makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for outdoorsmen. Their 6.0 and Solo Extreme cameras will help you capture your memories from the field so you can relive them like you're back in the moment. Their new 6.0 camera features 4K, 60-frame-per-second footage, up to 8x zoom, a touchscreen display, and one-touch operation. The best news is you get all of this in a compact, durable, waterproof package. They also just released a Solo Extreme camera that provides all the features you love from other Tacticam cameras, like one-touch operation, HD footage, sleek waterproof housing, but in a more budget-friendly option. You can learn more about the 6.0, the Solo Extreme, and Tacticam's full line of products at Tacticam.com. Pick one up today and start sharing your hunt with Tacticam. And this episode is also brought to you by Huntworth. Now, Huntworth is making comfortable, durable camo without the big sticker price of some of the other brands out there. This year, I'm going to be using their Tarnin pattern, hunting the Piney Hills of the Southeast and the Farmland Mosaic of the Midwest. And I have confidence that this pattern is going to perform flawlessly no matter the setting. Their new Heat Boost line of clothing is incredibly warm. Just got my hands on some of that. I absolutely love it. If you're looking for some gear to keep you warm out in the timber this year, go head over to HuntworthGear.com. And finally, Deer Lab is the number one app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab helps you store, organize, and analyze your trail camera intel so that you can make data-driven decisions as you target your buck this fall. Go check out their website, DeerLab.com, to learn more about all of their awesome features and to sign up for a 30-day risk-free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you're ready to purchase, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, to get 20% off of any of their plans. Now, that's enough of me rambling at this point. Good luck to all of you in the next couple of weeks, guys. This is the time of year that we have all been waiting for, so make sure you're getting out in the timber, having a good time, chasing those bucks around. Now let's jump into the conversation with Max Kulik. Welcome back to the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, and today I've got Max Kulik once again. Max, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, how's it going, Josh? I'm pumped to be here. Dude, I'm doing pretty well, man. I am so glad to have you on again. When I messaged you last week and was just like, hey, do you want to come back on? In my mind, it had been a really, really long time since I had you on the show, but it was actually episode, I went back and looked, it was actually episode 43, so it really wasn't that long ago. Um, but man, it feels like it's been way too long. What's, uh, what's been going on in your world since last time we talked? 
Yeah, well, last time we were on the tail end of turkey hunting, I think we were doing, I was doing some spring fishing, stuff like that. But uh, as in as in just what's going on, it's the best time of the year, man, here. I, I am just like, I'm like tickle pink. Um, just, you know, leaves are changing, leaves are falling. Uh, I mean, my, my, the back of my truck is full of decoys and camo and I shouldn't say that. I don't want anybody to come back by my truck, but (laughs) the, the, uh, uh, you know what I mean? The truck is full all the time. Um, every weekend I'm doing as much as I can. I'm getting um, my daughter out with me as much as I can. Um, us as a family, we're just going outside doing stuff. We've been out doing some hiking as well. Um, it's just, it's, it's my favorite time. Like I can't emphasize that enough. The fall is just where I, I feel like I'm, I'm at my top as a person and, uh, we've just been taking it all in. Yeah. That's awesome, man. The last time we talked, we talked about getting your kids outside and remind Mm -hmm. me the ages of your kids. So my son is 18 months, so he's small. So he goes on like the hikes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, plays, plays in the yard, stuff like that. Just little stuff, you know, I mean, we talked about how it's, it's important for them to be doing, getting out and doing anything. Um, but my daughter, she's like, I mean, she's full blown into it now. Um, you know, she just, uh, we relatively recently went out, uh, on a, on a goose hunt and we had, uh, it was the first, we got, we got a full limits, uh, me and another buddy and then Charlie, and she got the full, the full experience. It was, a uh, we hunted an X field. So like the geese were like, they wanted to be there and you know, they all, and we had the honking like crazy and the geese circling. And, uh, she was, she was so funny. She, it, she loved it. She had a great time. Um, you know, it was, it was a really good one to like have some success when she's around. And so she can get like pumped up about that too. Um, you know, cause you know, I'm taking her on like bow hunts, which it's, you know, as every hunter knows, most of them are not successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I mean, it's successful that you're in the woods and having a good time, but, uh, you know, uh, so getting on that, getting on that success was, a, was a lot of fun and, and she could see the process and, um, I let her run out and grab the birds and stuff like that. And, um, what else we had some, we had good safety talks even, you know, um, you know, that was the first time she'd gone out with, um, myself and another friend. So, you know, having that safety talk for everyone, you know what I mean? You yeah. gotta let your friend know you're like, Hey, um, and, and you know, he doesn't have any kids. So I was like, Hey man, this is like, I know that we, we talk about this often cause you know, we really do like the guys that I waterfowl hunt with, you know, I, I typically say like first thing before, you know, shooting hour starts is all right, everybody, you know, are we good on gun safety today? You know, and mm. as long as we get every, every, just get it in someone's ear, you know? Yep. And so like bringing, you know, my five-year-old into that mix, um, having to even be more serious, like to be like, look, man, it's a, you know, zero sum game. You know, she's with me. She wants to be with me. Safety is the number one thing right now, you know? So it was just, it was a cool thing. It was, it was a lot of fun and it was all safe. Everybody was great. And we found her a good little hiding spot and, oh man, she, she had a good time. That's she, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. So I, I'm curious real quick, because you mentioned, you know, you got, got to get her out there and have some success. What's your take on like taking a kid out? And, you know, for me, I think about some of those really formative hunts. And my first whole year of deer hunting was, was super formative for me because we had some success the first day in that we had deer in shooting range. My dad said, no, don't shoot them. So I didn't, but they were real close. They were, you know, 
20 yards away and I'm sitting on the ground. So as a kid, you're like freaking out, you know, with a gun in your hand. I didn't see or I, we didn't shoot another deer. I don't think we even saw another deer for the rest of the season until the very last day, which in Alabama, that first season was like the weekend before, or that first day was the weekend before Thanksgiving. And I finally shot my first buck on like January 30th of that year. So it had been a really, really long time, before, you know, in between. But like that year of having to push through the adversity, but then having success kind of like sealed the deal for me. So what's your take when it comes to kids? Like what's the ratio of like getting some success, but also exposing them to the, the, the enjoyment of the sucky part too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh no, totally. Um, so my take is, so for one, you have to have both. Like if you're out there just having, like if you, if you take them only when it's going to be successful, there's like an unrealistic expectation. And then you're putting unnecessary stress on yourself. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, you want to take them on the high percentage stuff, but at the same time, it's important. They also, they see the suck and they see the, uh, what it's, what it's really like, you know? Um, and that includes fishing too. Um, and so I guess my take, so for me, um, I went on lots of like, before I could even carry a weapon, I went on lots of bow hunts with my dad where we didn't see anything, (laughs) you know, we didn't, we didn't even see anything. And I remember one of the, one of the first times my dad, uh, a lot of times he would like plop me down by a tree sort of near where he was, I'd be on the ground or something like that, or we'd sit on the ground or, you know, something where he probably wasn't going to have too much success, but it, you know, it was more about me being out there with him. And I remember he, um, we climbed into the farmer that we purchased our property from had an old coyote coyote stand, um, on the edge of a pasture. And my dad, when I, we, I don't know, even know if he really vetted it, that it was sturdy, but we went up there and, <laughs> and he, uh, he tied, he tied me to him. Like, so he had himself tied off and then he just tied a rope around me and then tied that rope to him. Nice. And he, uh, um, anyway, I remember that hunt specifically cause it was one of the first times that we, like we were like in deer, like we saw a bunch of deer and I was just like, you know, it would, didn't matter that we got a deer didn't, you know what I mean? I was just like so psyched to see, you know, an alive deer in front of me, you know? And to me as a kid, like that was like success. Like that was like, and I just, that, that when you're talking about formative, that was formative, like just being there, being out dad didn't have to kill something for me to be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Now on the flip side of that, my dad would also take me on a lot of, and not only my dad, my, my grand, my grandfather too. Um, whenever they would get one or they'd stick one and they'd have to go trail that that's another big thing. Like I would tag along for that. Um, and that was another thing that was just very formative, like going and finding the blood trail, stuff like that. Um, but that can be sucky in and of itself, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I remember one specific one. Um, we, my, we were at my, my aunt and uncle owned some property, um, in Southwestern Wisconsin. And we used to, uh, um, we used to always go, we still do. We we used to always go turkey hunting there. We'd do a turkey trip in the spring and then we would do a turkey trip in the fall where everybody would be hunting fall turkeys and we'd go up there. And I remember that, uh, that particular year, um, my uncle had had a friend up there that was bow hunting and he had shot, he had, he had gut shot a deer. And so he called out the whole army, you know what I mean? Like we're all there at this, at this farmhouse and 
he's like, all right, let's give it whatever, six, eight hours and let's all go up and look. And I was pretty young, but I remember I was like, I want to go along, you know, and this is all on like on foot. Nobody had an ATV or anything like that. And we tracked this thing through the hills for gut, mind you, gut shot. So like we're going on uh. like pin needles of blood and, uh, we tracked that thing and we were so far away from the farmhouse and just like, so just around all those up and down bluffs and hills, we found it. And not only did we find it, but we found it and it had been there for a while. So it stunk. So it was just uh, like one of those things where like, you know, it was formative in the sense that we had the success, but it was just like stuff that I just wasn't exposed to. Like I was so tired and it was just like, you know, I even think it might've been raining a little bit. It was raining. The deer smelled really bad. Uh, you know what I mean? By the time we got to the deer, I was like, let's go home. And dad's like, we are going to go home, but it's a long walk. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? So was it dark too? Um, Oh, dude, it's pitchy. Yeah, it was dark. It was probably <laughs> that's even better. Said, it was way past my bedtime. Even better, you know. It, you know, so stuff like that. Um, it's important for them to see the suck. And and right now, with her being five, and um, what's it? How old is your oldest? Uh, eight. Eight. Well, that's not that much older than five. You know, I do. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to get when they're younger to 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 aim for more of the high percentage stuff for yeah. the the more fun stuff, but you know, it still turns out like, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all relative, you know, like I've, I've taken my daughter out and gotten one duck and not seen anything for four hours and she still talks about it. You know what I mean? So is, is, as long as you're, I mean, as long as they're out there with their, their dad or their mom, I think, you know, and you make it fun for them as well. I think they're going to have a good time, you know, give, give them a little credit. They don't, yeah, they'll complain, but you know, I think they're having a good time. Yeah. And I think, so. I think waterfowl hunting and stuff like that is such a good introduction to like to, mm-hmm. to take the kids because they can, it, it's not quite the like whisper, don't move, you right, know, kind of yeah. thing. And, and I don't know about you, but like when it comes to bow hunting specifically, bow hunting whitetails, and I, I'm like this with turkeys too, but there's this like killer instinct that takes over and I am just like super honed in and I have a hard time oh, pulling yeah. myself out of that if I've got somebody else along with me, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. like lighten the mood a little bit, but you know, hunting small game or something like that is, is just a lot different, a lot, a lot easier to kind of like bring them into the experience and walk them through it. than if it's like, all right, we're going to sneak up here and we're getting within a hundred yards of betting tonight, you know, <laughs> with a right. five year old, that's a, that's a very different kind of thing. Oh, the first few times that I took Charlie, my daughter out, um, you know, she was pretty young. She was like, and she was like three and I had, it was so funny cause I, I had that, I went into the hunt with that killer instinct with a three-year-old, oh. you know? So oh. I guess, oh. I mean, like I was like getting a little frustrated and you know, and it was just, you had to like catch yourself in the act and be like, what am I doing? Like, I can't expect her to, you know, yeah. to, to be that quiet and sit still and whatnot. So it's just, uh, yeah, I, I definitely understand getting into the, getting into the killer instinct and, you know, getting out there to make a harvest, yeah. you know, dude, speaking so. of, speaking of that, like killer instinct, my, my eight year old, when she was, I think it was four, she went out with her grandpa to sit one night and I went to, um, we were on the, the family land back in Alabama. I went to the backfield that we have. I ended up shooting a six point that night. And my daughter though was with my grandpa or with her grandpa. And a deer walks out and he's thinking like, she just wants to watch it. Right. And she turns to him and she's like, shoot it. And he's like, he's like, no, no, let's just watch it. And she's like, no, shoot it. 
And he's like, no, no, let's let's just watch it for a little bit. But she was like adamant. She was like, we're taking that thing home. And then he missed oh, it. Oh yeah. Then he missed it. Oh. Like, so <laughs> she uh she she was pretty pretty upset about that. But then she got to come on the blood trail with me and find the find the deer with with me. Well, so. I mean, she was able to get some meat out of it, so that's good because my daughter's a similar way with um, less of the killer instinct and more of the, she's definitely made the connection with food. So she's like, we bring stuff home. We got, this is some stuff to eat, you know? Yeah. So she's like very, which I love, I love that, that she associates that that's the success, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really not an exaggeration, you know, that she really does make that connection. And she, you know, she says it, she's like, Oh yeah, we're going to eat this. This will be great. You know, stuff like that. And, um, but, uh, yeah. So she's it's, been out a little bit this season. Hopefully I'll get her out a little bit more. Um, but, uh, still been, still been go, go, go. And now she's in, she's in kindergarten. So I'm, I lost that. Uh, I could take her out any time of the week. Oh yeah, dude. That's and tough. I'm really, I'm really, I'm feeling that right now. And I'm like, uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could, t- you know, I miss that. Yeah. So yeah. man, so are but, you, are you still getting out and doing some waterfowl hunting now? What is, I'm, I'm not as familiar with so, the season structure. I know you're a big goose hunter. Yeah. So, um, yes. So the, um, so goose hunting starts September 1st and it's like early goose season yep. and then it immediately like after early goose season just kind of turns into regular goose season. Okay. And, All right. and basically what changes is the, what changes in, uh, our zone is the, um, is the bag limit. So you go from in the early season, you can kill five and then regular season you can kill three and then, you know, then you're running into, it's also different early birds you're hunting you're hunting local birds mostly. And then you start to hunt and then you're hunting like molt migrators. Um, and then now is like, we're getting, we're in like full blown migration. So we're getting, um, we're getting migrating geese, um, stuff like that. Actually fun. So I've had a great, I've had a great start to my goose season, like better than ever. I've, I've been on, um, I have not, I've yet to not limit when I go. Whoa. So, um, so we've been eating geese like crazy. We've been, I've been hunting geese. Um, it's just, it's been very fortunate in the sense that I've been able to, to secure permissions on like fields where the birds are like now, like a lot of times we hunt uh, traffic fields, which means that the, the birds are flying over it, but they're not necessarily there every day. But I've been getting on um, myself and my friends have been able to get permission and have been, have been getting on these XX fields, you know um, there's been a little competition with other groups, but nothing too bad. You know, we've been able to work together. Um, but uh, we put down some, some serious piles of birds and it's been, it's been an absolute blast. And I, I also, I love eating Canada, Canada goose. A lot of, some guys just, they're not a huge fan of it. You know, they're like, uh, turn it into sausage or jerky, which is also great. I love goose sausage and goose jerky, but I, I like eat, I turn them, I use them like venison. Like they're just like steaks, you know, and, and we'll do all kinds of different preparations with them. So I love having them on hand. Um, but, uh, so, um, yeah, that's been, that's been going, that's been going well, but yeah, that goose season goes in and then duck season comes in and it's overlapping and then goose season will mimic duck season then until duck season ends. And then there's a later goose hunt. Um, and that's how, how it works in Wisconsin. That later goose hunt as of last year in that later goose hunt, you can now kill five birds. So it's like five birds, three birds, five birds is kind of the season structure for your okay. bag limits. Yeah. As, um, as I've talked with some folks, they, basically have said with like the Canada goose population, we're not keeping up. 
as far no. as like har- har- harvest is not keeping up with production. So we need to do a better job of taking more yeah. out of the, out of the uh, population there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and a lot of farmers are very, well, actually um, your guest, uh, Alex uh, Gramovat was at it. He was talking about like the, the, getting hunters involved with, um, he actually had, had done that resolution, you know, um, in the, uh, with the, the spring hearing to, um, you know, get hunters more involved in these population control items. Cause you know, you have cities now like trying like poisoning them because yeah. <laughs> they just like, you know, they, they get in the cities and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of farmers that still, um, they, they're, they're pretty open to hunters accessing their property. You know, um, some of, some have had it ruined for them, you know, by unfortunate situations, but, um, there's a lot that are still open to it as long as everybody behaves and works together. And, you know, you have, have good ethical hunters out there. Um, I found it to be, I found it to, ha- I, I found myself having good relationships with, with farmers cause they really do. Like I, I was talking to one farmer and he was, you know, he did, he cut a silage field down and then he went and planted it right afterwards. And it's like, as he was cutting the silage down, the geese were in there after he planted it, they were in there before his tractor was out of the field. And he was just like very frustrated uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that the geese were in there. So he was like, get in there and get them out, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, you here, know, so here's what we need to do then. So you've got a rutcation <laughs> coming up, right? Yeah. And so do I. So we need to tag bucks pretty quick and then we need to go hey, shoot some geese. We can, we can do it, man. I, I've, I am, I'm, I'm very excited for the rutcation. So I got my little, uh, I dipped my toes this last weekend. I had, I had done, um, I just hadn't gotten a chance to do most of my early season hunting. I would do at my parents and then we just haven't gotten a chance to get down there. Life's been busy. Um, so I've been doing all my hunting around here and a lot of the public spots that I hunt around here, which I hunt, mostly public around here. They just, I had scouted it kind of late summer and I just wasn't seeing something that was really worth my time. Um, when I could be out killing geese (laughs) or doing something like that, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, last weekend I had a, we had some family friends in town and a buddy of mine wanted to, to get out. And unfortunately the weather here, it was like for Wisconsin in in October, it was like in the seventies, you know, this past weekend. So deer movement was, you know, junk, but, um, I found some sign, Josh, I found some real good sign and I got, uh, I did some, some good, like, uh, you know, per the, per your, uh, how to hunt deer podcast. I was doing some good October scouting and, and doing some marks and stuff like that. And I, I think I got some stuff figured out. Nice. Hey, I like that plug, um, man. I like that plug. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm really pumped for the, for the rutcation and we can get into that if you want. This episode is brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx gives you up-to-date landowner information, color-coded public and private land boundaries, and gives you a ton of tools to help you hunt smarter. One tool I'm loving right now is their optimal wind feature, which lets you set the optimal wind for a given location, then tells you in real time whether the wind is good, bad, or just okay for that spot. You can try it risk-free for seven days right now. Just download the Onyx Hunt app on your preferred app store today. Let's dive into it, man. So have you traditionally done the the rutcation? Like I remember listening back in, in the in the olden days, back before I had any podcasts or anything like that. And I would listen to Dan or, you know, or Mark Kenyon. 
they'd be talking about their rutcation coming up and they're going to take a week or two to go hunt deer. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I would be, you know, have the time to do that kind of thing or no way that I could take that kind of time away from the family and do that. Um, here I am this year though, and I've got 15 days to, uh, hunt during the rut, which I think should be enough time to get it done. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, have you traditionally done the rutcation? Yeah, I've always done. Um, yeah. So as long as I've bow hunted, which has been my entire hunting career life, um, you know, starting Halloween weekend, um, I've typically hit it about as, about as hard as I can go for, um, two weeks. Um, and then, you know, when I graduated college and had a job where I had vacation, <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I've always taken, taken typically, it's typically Halloween weekend and then into that first week. And then depending on how that week plays out, I'll start snagging random days and, and whatnot. Um, my supervisor, my supervisors at work have always been we've always had a good, like, you know, I'm just not reliable in November. Right. And they're like, yeah, we know, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's, I have a good relationship that wise. And, uh, and, and with the work from home, that's made it even better, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I'm like, you know, talk to my supervisor and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go out this morning. I could, I could be in at like noon. I also might not be, <laughs> you know, or, you know, being able to, to snag hours and not necessarily burn through all my vacation. So I still have vacation and time to take with the family and stuff like that. So, um, you know, yeah. So I've always done, I've always done some, some form of rutcation. Now the term rutcation, I haven't always called it a rutcation, but uh, it's always been a rutcation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious then, I, and, and man, last time I mentioned this on the podcast, I got more feedback for this point than, than like any other. I've talked to a lot of guys who say, man, that last week of October is the week that I'm out there. You know, the 25th, 26th through October 31st, that's when I'm really hammering it. Other guys are like, nah, first week of November. Still other guys are like, no, no, that last week right before gun season, like that's when you really want to be out there because that's when the big ones are out on their uh, on their feet. So what what are your what are your thoughts? I've got I've got my own opinion based on, you know, the location where I hunt and where I see the most activity or when I see the most activity. What are your thoughts? So a general thought towards that whole thing is you know guys and gals are going to have a different opinion depending on how they want to do the hunt. Like do they want to be able to pattern a pre-rut buck that's making rubs and scrapes in an area and they want to hunt over that. Do they want to get themselves in a situation where they have, um, they put themselves, you know, um, by doe bedding and they get a cruiser. You know what I'm saying? Like, it depends on how you want to hunt them. Like, so like on my, for example, on my parents' property, the cruising period, that's the best time. So like, and I've always found that for me to be more so like November 3rd to like the 8th there, you know, in that County in Wisconsin, that's when cruising is happening. And and that's because on our property, we have very, very well established. Um, we have very, very well established doe bedding areas. Mm. And yep. we actually have a stand that we just call the big buck stand because we've, we've all shot a nice buck. I have shot, um, let's see, 
Um, I have shot one, two, three. I've shot four, um, like bucks that were 120 to like 140 class. Wow. You know, wow. out, of, out of that stand, <laughs> you know, so, um, granted I haven't gotten a, that one that big in a while. None of us have there. My dad got a pretty decent one, not too long ago. Um, but, um, the, uh, that, that spot is always like, we've seen just giant, but you know, and it, when it, when we're seeing giants, we're seeing, we're op- we're, we're maximizing our opportunity for the, all the big bucks around the area to, area to come and hit that one spot, yep. you know? Yep. So when I'm hunting my parents, I like to, I like to plan for that. So I like that period where I think that they're going to be cruising, you know? And now you could have another guy or gal that wants to hunt, you know, maybe a little bit later when they're lot when they're in lockdown. Cause you watch all these, in my opinion, it's some of the coolest hunting to watch on YouTube. Like, you know, the hunting public has done it where they get in on a buck where that's locked. Well, the, they had a hunt with Zach and he was in New York and he got on that big buck that was locked down on a doe. <laughs> that was, stupid. you know what I mean? Like yeah, that was crazy. That, that wasn't, that was so cool. Like, so there's, there's guys and gals that like to hunt that, you know what I mean? Like they know they can get themselves in a spot, um, especially a lot of public land hunters and some of the big wood situations that they can find a lockdown doe, man. That's like money, you know? So it all depends on, you know, everybody's opinion. In my opinion, everyone else's opinion is based on how they want to hunt them, yep. you know? So when I'm on, um, hunting here on public land, which is going to be the majority of my recreation is going to be hunting around here, around home on public land, a lot of it heavily pressured. I'm, I'm hunting that tail end of the pre pre rut when they're, when they're fired up, when they're going to come into some rattling antlers. Um, I think I, I read an article in field and stream once I can't remember who wrote it, but I remember it was this little, like the whole point of the article was bang those bones, like smack those antlers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I've had a lot of success just like get in the woods and be loud. And you know what I mean? And that you hit them at that certain time and they're just ready to rock, you know, and pull them in. So, um, I, when I'm hunting public land here, I like to hunt that like tail end of the pre rut beginning of the cruise type of thing. Um, so, uh, that's what I like. So that's why I'm like, Halloween, maybe a little bit of that tail end of October, um, and into the right at the beginning of November, I've had my, like my, the, the least amount of luck during the rut I've had during like lockdown. So like that later on, like, you know, weekend before gun season and stuff like that, just because, um, it's, it's partly because of the places that I hunt. So a lot of places that I hunt, like, um, at my parents, there's a big prairie, um, which has a lot of good doe bedding. The thing is though, is when those does get on lockdown at that property, they get out of this middle of the prairie and they get surrounded by big bucks. But what am I going to do? Like I, I could maybe try to get in on them, but there's just not, I haven't, I haven't been bold enough yet to try it. And I haven't, uh, <laughs> you know, we just don't have, we don't have anything set up to, you know, get after them out there, you know? And so you're having a blast watching the show, but they're not like, taking the trail down underneath your stand, you know, they're pestering a doe in the middle of the prairie. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. I, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that cause I have, I did kill a decent nine pointer probably like five years ago. Now they had them. It was like three or four bucks had like one poor doe, like, <laughs> like, like, like just pestering her. And then they were fighting each other. And, uh, I just was like, 
throwing the kitchen sink at him. Like I was gr- grunting as loud as I could. I started rattling to smack him. Just getting, and they, I'd get their attention, but they'd be like, you know, forget you. And, uh, eventually they ran off the smaller one, which is the nine pointer. And then he just must've remembered where he was hearing everything from. And he ran my direction. I gave him one grunt and he came in and I shot him at like 10 yards. But, um, so, but normally I do not have success in the lockdown in the places that I hunt. Um, so I'm a big, a little bit earlier in the rut type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had, I've had mixed results. So last year I hunted that first couple of days of November. I had a whole rutcation planned. I shot something on the second day and really wish that I had kind of extended that a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. now, then it was like, okay, now back to real life. I thought I was going to hunt all week and now I'm, now I'm not going to do that, but I had really good cruising activity, you know, bucks kind of up on the, on the prowl, so to speak. But that, um, I guess it was like the 14th and 15th. Um, I had, I've seen the biggest bucks that I've seen on stand in Wisconsin. And, uh, I think again, I think it's either, you know, they must've gotten done with a doe and we're kind of cruising to check one out. Another time was two bucks were, were fighting one slipped into a bedding area and another buck chased it off and they were both giants. And I'm, you know, freaking out watching this whole thing kind of go down. Um, but so this year I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it all. I'm going to go up October 31st and I'm going to hunt through November 14th and we'll just see how it goes. You know, kind of, kind of do a little bit of everything. Maybe, uh, I, I would, you're making it. a great call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunt it all, hunt it all. And, uh, you know, it should be, should be fine. Um, I would love to get in on a, on a buck that's trying to run off smaller bucks with like a heads up decoy, you know, mounted mm-hmm. to your bow or something like that. And, and yeah, kind of do that whole thing. I have not had that experience yet, but I imagine that would be pretty sweet. I, I realized last spring, one of the things that I love about turkey hunting that's got me just so infatuated with it is that, you know, the toms during that time are, they've just lost their minds. Like they're just crazy. You can get away with so much. Like the turkeys that I typically kill, I don't kill a lot of the ones that are like super sneaky and you like had to do a lot of work to get them called in. I kill the ones that like come sprinting in to either fight the Jake decoy or like they're, they're trying to get to that hen before any of the other ones do. And I realize it's something about that time period where animals just lose their minds. That's what I like to hunt, you know? And so that for me, it's not an end of October kind of thing. Cause the bucks are still, you know, they're making their rounds and checking things out, but they're not just running crazy. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's what I love about, about the rut specifically is like, okay, that's when the bucks have lost their minds. And that's, I don't know, that's the kind of hunting that I like to do. So what are, what are your plans that, where are you starting? Are you jumping right into public land? Are you got to try to make it back to your parents' house or place or what are you doing? Yeah. So I actually just talked to my dad yesterday and I locked down. So he, um, this time of year, he's got, you know, all his buddies are, are well, you know, they're all like, Steve, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, they, they we, become uh, a lot better we, buddies now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get, you get a lot of phone calls, you know? Um, and, and my uncles too, that's that, that my uncles that we typically have our deer camp for gun hunting there. Um, but they'll, they'll bow hunt too, you know, but they typically wait till, you know, it's good like the rut. Um, and they'll be down there. Um, so I, I, I did reserve, I did reserve the, uh, fifth and sixth to go there. Um, and, and, and hopefully get a weekend to, uh, to, to myself there. Um, but I, I'm also open if anybody else is coming there. It, it is what it is, you know? Um, but, uh, 
those that there there is where I really commit when I go to my parents for the rut as I'll do the, I'll really do my best to commit to the all day sits because yeah. it's worth it. I mean, you see, you end up seeing a, you know, those tankers at like noon, you know? Yeah. Um, but so b- before we totally leave the, like, which part of the rut you like to hunt stuff like that, I will say something that I've kind of, the, the more I've listened to, um, you know, some more strategy stuff and I've heard, you know, other hunting personalities say it, including ones on your show about like that. I've never really been great at is, um, if you're in it, you're in it. If you're not, you're not. And yeah. if you're not in it, go find it, you know, cause you know, when I'm hunting public land around here, I have, and I'm not the, I, most guys and gals are like this. They have their spot. You know what I mean? You've, you, you're, you're, you're hunting. You're not hunting the deer from this year. You're hunting all of the deer that you've ever seen there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Like your oh, brain yeah. is hunting all of them you've ever seen there, you know? Um, and I want to try to get myself out of that. Like, for example, this past weekend, I, I went, we went hunting in a spot and, um, I had talked to a few guys, scouted it earlier in the week. I kind of, so I'm in my, like, uh, my other thing where I like in the mornings or in the afternoons, I'll kind of drive around public spots to check pressure. Um, and so I obviously get out and if I see someone at the truck, I'll start talking to them and be like, what's up, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of, he was like, you know, I'd been back here a couple of times and I've never seen anybody access the property from over here. And, and I was like, really, nobody's been there. And he's like, yeah. And I drove past, drove past you every, every time this week. And I had, I had gone back there then the next on Sunday morning. And that's where like my buddy and I, we just kind of, we, we hunted a little bit right away in the morning. Didn't see much, but, um, then I was like, well, let's, we had a good wind. I was like, let's work up here and kind of look for some sign. And we were just in it in terms of sign. And I, I had been up there a few times before, but I'd never gotten into sign like this, you know, and I was just like, Oh, this is, this is not, you know, so now I've got like another spot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to do the play of like, if I'm, if I'm not in it, I'm not in it. Like, don't, don't waste my time, you know? So I'm just gonna, you know, find another spot, you know, cause the, you know, you hit that window, November starts and it's gonna, it's happening somewhere. Yeah, you know, that's right. Go, go, go find it. And so I'm kind of, I'm hoping to tune into that attitude a little bit. Um, I've gotten over the last few years, I've gotten much more confident, um, much more confident, um, hunting from the ground when I have to, um, there's a lot of spots that I hunt where I, I'm, I'm hesitant to hang and hunt because I don't want to hang and hunt. It, it's very frustrating to me when you hang and hunt and then you get all the way up there, get all your stuff situated. And then you look down and there's like three guys underneath you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be able to then just like move or, you know, be able to, to make, to, to stay a little bit more mobile, which that's something I probably need to, I probably need to just invest in a saddle and learn how to use that. I, you know, the, uh, the more I see you guys doing it and, and whatnot and talking about it, the more I'm like, ah, I should just get one, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, cause uh, from what I understand that makes you, especially once you get good with it, it makes you much more mobile. Um, you know, cause I typically work with a climber or a hang on, um, and they can get kind of my climbers borderline unsafe. Uh, at this point I'm going to try to stay, I'm going to try to stay mobile and I'm going to try to get in it. I'm going to try to be where it's happening. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, hamstring myself, um, hamstring myself into one area. Plus down here, um, uh, 
in the southern in southern Wisconsin, uh, doe tags on public land aren't hard to, hard to come by, and they're cheap. So um, I'll get doe tags for a couple different counties if I have to. Yep. Um, so because during even if it is during the rut when I'm on public land, if I get a good opportunity at a doe, like a high percentage shot, I'll take it. So um, now on my parents, I'm a little more of a wait till gun season to open the meat wagon, you know? <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited to, to, to change that about me. I'm hoping not to just get hung up on my, on my go-to spots or, or one property and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I gotta, gotta get out of the habit of hunting last year's deer. Yeah. Have you, so I've got a spot that has been good the past three years. And I've got some cell cameras up there right now. They're kind of feeding me intel. Um, up until just a few days ago, zero shooters on on these cameras. Like, no good deer. Very few does, even. Then all of a sudden, a couple does come through. And then, like, four tanks have rolled through since then. Kind of, you know, early in the morning. They're all, it's, it's, actually, it's interesting. It's actually all between, like, three and four in the morning. And they're all heading in the same direction. And so, mm. based on that and past observations and what I know about this area, I'm pretty sure I know they're either checking out a doe bedding area or they're bedding up in there. And I, I know they bed in their early season before, I don't want to give away too much, um, before, some other, <laughs> before some other things start happening on the property, um, they like to bed in there a lot. Um, but mm-hmm. I doubt four tanks would be rolling up into the same buck bedding area. Um, you know, right, right there close to each other. So I'm thinking there must be a good concentration of does, uh, further to the North than typical. Usually the does are really betting a lot in the sort of the Southern part. Uh, there's another betting area just South of there, but, uh, they, they could be cruising between the two. Um, but this spot's been traditionally good. My concern has been, what if the spot isn't, isn't good this year? And so I I'm right there with you. Like I want to do a good job of like, if I'm not in it, then I want to move. Have you put a lot of thought into, you know, when are you going to make that call? How are you going to make that call? Like, what are the, what are the things that determine it's time to go? Because some of those spots, especially for me, like this, with this spot, it's going to be tough to let go of because I've had so many good encounters over the last couple of years in this spot. Um, so one big thing that I think that I messed up last year um, was, and, and messed up by not just like moving on was I was in a relatively pressured public spot. There wasn't pressure where I was on the public spot. So there were deer there. However, I, I had a buck come in. I was like, it was actually, it was actually the first day of my rutcation. And I was like, I don't really want this buck. But I'm like, I know it's public land and I have an opportunity. And I, I mean, deep down I'm a meat hunter and I'm like, well, well I drew back and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't let the arrow go. But then eventually, you know, he looks up, you know, smells me and, and he, uh, like hops away. Then there was like some does I didn't see. They blew and this property isn't very big you know, it has a lot of potential and it gets a lot of traffic from cruising bucks. Anyway, I kind of like blew up the spot because it was not only like, not only was, this is how indecisive I was, Josh. I drew back. I'm like, I don't really want this buck. I'm not going to shoot him. I had him at like seven yards, <laughs> like standing there mm. on the ground. 
And, uh, you know, he takes one big hop and his one hop takes him to 15. And I'm like, so I stand up and I'm still like, eh, eh. and then, you know, that's when he, he makes a whole big ruckus and finally takes off. So I like stood up, showed myself, um, the does that I didn't see were actually downwind to me. Like they, the, the big mommy doe, she blows, you know, there's just, they just start kind of tearing around. Um, and then I hunted that same darn spot for the next three days and didn't see a deer. Like wow, I should have just been like, well, that was, that's what was there. Like maybe I could have thrown one more sit at that spot because where I was, th- those were the deer that I was going to be hunting. Like that, that was right there in that spot. Like, it's not like if I went to a different, now that property, it does hunt big cause it's got a bunch of ridges, but like, if I went to a different spot on that property, I'd probably be just seeing those deer or be in the vicinity of those deer or potentially a cruiser. What I should have done is just gone to the next one. Cause there really wasn't any big buck sign either. That was the other thing was okay. I yeah. had scouted it and there really wasn't a lot of big buck sign, but I was just like, in my head, I'm like, well, I know they've been here before. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, they just put the sign where I can't see it. This is what happened. You know, I mean, we, we go through these mental gymnastics. You can't be telling me you don't, you know, oh, you're yeah. in there and you're like, Oh, they're like, I, I just know he's right there. You know, he's a hundred yards away and there could be not a deer within a mile. And you're going to be like, no, he's bedded right there. I I just know, you know, with no evidence whatsoever other than hope, (laughs) you know? So, um, getting out of that habit of being like, well, I just got to throw in that same spot again. You know what I mean? If I, um, I, I wasn't the only one hunting there, but I was definitely the only one going that far back, but I blew out the spot that I knew was going to be good. And I should have just been like, forget it. Like, you know, um, I should have just moved on to the next one, gone, gone to find somewhere else. At minimum, I should have even moved my spot. I didn't even move my spot. I went right back to the same spot, you know? Um, so getting out of those type of habits, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, and at my parents, you know, I've got room depending on who's hunting there that week, you know, we can hunt different areas of our property with it being a hundred acres. Um, and then we have a little, we have some permission right next door as well. You know, we can kind of like, you know, dad, if it's just dad and I hunting, you know, we can pick areas that we're going to hunt and really put our, put all of our, uh, put all of our minds into. And then if it doesn't work out, we can move to the next one. And it, it really does hunt like two different areas, you know, two or three different areas. Um, so there we've got a little, little bit of leeway. Um, also there at that time, there's a, the, our property, it, it's very good and it's surrounded by other property that is also very good. And a lot of people that are, are good deer hunters they're, they're they, you know, they, um, you know, practice a lot of control. They, everybody's killing deer. Like everybody is, they're hunting, you know, they're getting meat, you know, but they are passing on the forkies and the small and the basket racks. And so we, we always do have a, a decent amount of quality bucks at minimum in the area, you know? Um, so, it always feels like there's more of a shot there and there's also no public land anywhere near it <laughs> for yeah, the most part. That helps. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So I will say I'm a little hesitant down here in Southern Wisconsin to hunt some of the bigger parcels. Um, and big, I mean like Southern Wisconsin, big for Southern Wisconsin, not big, like how, whatever, like half of Marinette County is County forest yeah. up, <laughs> up in Northern Wisconsin, like big for, for Southern Wisconsin. A lot of those bigger properties, you know, I find, you know, they get, they get hit with a lot of pressure. Like you'd, you'd think you can get back where someone isn't, 
you know, but there probably is, you know, yeah. not a, or, or it's you, you know. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. Their gear is made for outdoorsmen by outdoorsmen. Archery openers are just around the corner, and Tacticam has just released several new products to help you share your hunt and take your scouting to the next level. Topping the list is their 6.0 point of view camera, providing 4K footage and a user friendly, waterproof package. They've also just released the new Solo Extreme, giving you HD footage, 3 to 8x zoom, and one touch operation. And Tacticam's lineup of point of view cameras is supported by the best mounts and adapters on the market. This fall, I'll be using their Bose stabilizer mount as well as their bendy clamp mount to make sure my cameras don't miss any of the action. And last but not least, Tacticam just launched the Reveal X Pro. With no visible flash, built-in LCD screen, and built-in GPS tracking, the Reveal X Pro will help you take your scouting to the next level. You can learn more about these and Tacticam's entire line of products at Tacticam.com or RevealCellCam.com. This episode is also brought to you by DeerLab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. DeerLab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. DeerLab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, deer, turkeys, people, whatever. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you occasionally forget to set the correct time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com to check them out. You can get a free trial on there for 30 days. And then when you're ready to buy, use the code Wisconsin at checkout for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. Man, that that piece of, uh, you know, those bigger properties in southern Wisconsin, they can be, first of all, they're going to have a lot of people on them, but they can also be just really hard to access um, mm-hmm. just because you have no other way besides your two legs of getting you in there. You know, a lot of these lands up north where you can, you know, have either road systems or, you know, you can ride a four-wheeler on some of them and, you know, all that stuff to kind of get you back in there. It's, man... I, hunting a spot that's 2000 acres or 1500 acres and all you can do is walk. That's a long walk. That, that, that can be a really, really long walk. And when you're trying to get yeah. in there before, before daybreak, boy, that's a long slog and you're leaving pretty early. If you're going to be, if you're going to try to be any kind of quiet on your way in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, and I do believe like the, like, you know, the, 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 the Dan Infault and hunting beast adage of like you cross water over your knees and you just eliminated 50% of the hunters, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, so I, I do go by that. Also it's, you know, Southern Wisconsin, it's like Creek city. Like, I mean, with trout streams and whatnot. So we have a lot of that going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm not afraid to do that and afraid to get in there and that, and that stuff. But, uh, the other thing is just like the number of areas that I'm willing to hit. I got to, I got to have, I don't want to stretch myself thin, but I got to have more than my traditional, like two or three options, you know, yeah. try to keep it maybe five options, something like that for around here. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. I might, uh, who knows, Josh, I, I might have to be calling you because there might, I mean, this, if this migration keeps tuning up, um, you might have to kill some ducks and geese because, <laughs> You know, um, that happened to me last year too, a little bit. We had a, a hot field in the middle of the rut. So I was like doing my rotation and then it was like, I'd hunt 
deer hunt one day and the next day be like, oh, I got to go and get those geese, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'd go goose hunt in the morning quick and then come home and like run out to the stand. Oh <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, Hey, you know, my, my wife is just like, you are crazy. I'm like, I love this. I can't explain to you how much I love all of this. I just do <laughs> you know, like, I love it as much as I love you. Just like go with it. And she's like, I know, I know. Have a good time. That's awesome. That's all. Yeah, so, man, I, I'm, um, I'm in that kind of same boat too, as far as like places to hunt of, of trying to think of, I, I've never had this much time to hunt all at once. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out like, what is, what is too many? Like, I don't, I don't want to stretch myself thin either. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. hunt a spot one day, only see small bucks and then bounce on it, you know, make a bad decision. And the big one comes through, you know, that next day or whatever. Um, or try to cover, you know, 15 different spots over 15 different days. At the same time, I don't want to get locked in just because I've seen, you know, 150 over here one time two years ago. Like, I don't, I don't want right. that to sort of give me, give me tunnel vision. So, I don't know, man. I'm going to be figuring it out. I might need to just uh, take a morning off and go shoot some geese. And, uh, yeah, solve, solve all the problems and, and then, uh, then get back to it with the deer. But, yeah, I, yep. I think you need put, put to get into your cooler. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I do think you need to to look into a saddle, man. One of the things that I have really loved about hunting from a saddle is if I carry that all the way in there and I get to a spot and that spot says, no, no, hunt on the ground, I don't feel obligated to climb a tree. But if I've got a climber on my back or if I've got a lock-on on my back, you better believe I am getting in a tree somewhere. It may not be the right tree, and I may be yeah. too far from the action, but by God, I carry this thing in there and I'm getting in a tree, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that is. It's just something in me. Like if I, if I carried all that, it's, I'm going up, you know what I mean? But with a saddle, I don't feel that same obligation. Yeah. Like I said, I think I just need to, I just, I just, I just need to do it. Um, because the, the, the climber is just getting, like I said, part of it is a, like a climber is getting old, you know, also you limit yourself. You got to have a straight, tree with no branches and you know with those climbing sticks now you can kind of squeeze yourself up kind of anywhere oh yeah um so um and you know i do i do like being up you know in most situations um although i've had some situations that my parents you know, there we have everything is in hang and hunt and uh you know, there's some situations where I'm like, I think I'm going to get on the ground. And my dad's like, what, why? That's crazy. (laughs) So he's like, get back up in the tree. (laughs) So, um, I I have been getting more and more confident with on the ground setups, um, in certain situations, you know, especially if you get a good wind, um, you know, cause I've, I've definitely found like, I used to, I used to think, and this was just basically based on how I was raised hunting growing up is like, you know, they're going to see you. They're like a Turkey. They see everything, you know, and really if you're sitting still and the wind is good, you know, they, you know, you can get away with more than you think in yeah. my opinion. I feel like you um, can get away with a lot more know, than you can with a Turkey. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So you can get away. Like, you can get away with a lot more than you. Also, depending on the deer, um, you know what I mean? You get a rut crazed buck coming in. I mean, I've, I've done it. You get a rut crazed buck coming in, following a doe all he's thinking about is that doe, you know, especially if you are downwind of him, you know, um, there's no, no one's being alarmed. Even, and even that doe too is like, if she's like hot, she's focused on other things too. So it's just, you know, I, I, I used to, moral of the story is I used to think it was a no go, you know, to be on the ground. Um, but 
I've done it and you know, I've, 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 I've been able to stay mobile and on the ground and I've had plenty of, plenty of opportunities and gotten plenty close, you know, whether I was up or down and whatnot. So, yeah. Are um, you, are you running any, uh, any cameras in some of these spots that you're no, no. Okay. So, nope. So I don't, I don't run cameras. I never really have. Um, I had one a long time ago and I gave it away to my uncle. I just wasn't, I wasn't using it. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, part of me kind of likes the mystery, Yep. you know, yep. um, like, especially at like, our, at like our, uh, at, at the home property. Um, you know, I still get like, you know, friends around the neighborhood, they'll text me the pictures that they get. And so I'll have an idea what's out there. Um, but, um, no, on the public land, really, I really just prefer to do like, I've always been an in-season scouter. So like I've always, whenever I'm hunting public land, I'm scouting. Like I'm always doing my homework in that sense. Maybe I'm putting too much scent in the woods, but like I kind of play off of a lot of these places, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to stay on logging roads. I'll do my best to stay on like established trails that I know, you know, snowshoers are going on hikers, like, you know what I mean? The, the, the families of four that are walking out there that day, I try to stay on those routes and, and, and scout with my binoculars. You know what I mean? Do like, do that. Um, so I try to minimize my scent. I'm still probably putting too much scent in the woods, but I, I do, I am a pretty firm believer of like boots on the ground. I, I get out as much as I can. Um, you know, and the other thing too is like with me being a generalist is like, I'll be out hunting for, you know, geese. But if that landowner also is fine with me hunting deer, I'm going to be picking up decoys and then going around and looking for deer sign. And you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm kind of always multitasking when it comes to hunting. You know, um, I go for a squirrel hunt and you bet your butt that I'm going to be looking for deer sign that I'm going to be marking trees, marking rubs, marking stands. Um, you know, I've even gotten into like concentrating where if I'm going to go squirrel hunt a big piece of timber, I will concentrate where I will absolutely not be shooting. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'll keep it quiet over here. This, this point is for scouting. I'll go shoot a squirrel. If there's one over here, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, so I, I just, uh, I found I can accomplish what I can accomplish my goals. Um, you know, with, with, with my boots on the ground, um, got nothing against cameras. Um, I'll, probably eventually get one. I'm really intrigued with the cell camera thing. Um, just because of the, the convenience and to be honest with you, what's what I've always thought the coolest thing about cameras was, was, uh, just all the cool stuff you get out in nature. You know what I mean? I've gotten so many cool, I've gotten so many, like my uncle, he runs them and he'll send me the bears, wolves, you know, bobcats, you know, uh, two turkeys running off a big buck, like my stuff like that, that you see like these like crazy videos. Like I'd almost be in it for more for like the, the bird watching sense, you know? Yep. Um, and less of the hunting, like I put it just more of like, where is there going to be game, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, but no, I don't run any cameras. Yeah. That, so this year, this year things are obviously pretty different. I live so far away from where I hunt now that, you know, a cell camera is huge but I, I used them in a little bit of a different way. So I set them up early, uh, on what typically on trees that typically end up with scrapes all underneath them. 
but I set them up before there were any scrapes on the ground, like none whatsoever. And so I'm, I, man, for, for a while, like I said, until this past, uh, until this past weekend, I was thinking to myself, man, there's nothing in here. This is not good. And then uh, absolute toad came in and like opened the scrape up, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, there he is, you know, but it was more for, it was, it was more now to one, give me an idea of what's in the area so that I can do a little better job of holding off when I see that buck that I'm like, ah, I don't really want that buck, but I did drive all the way here, you know, kind of, kind of thinking. Um, but also just to give me a starting point of like, okay, I can write off these couple of spots and, and move on rather than, you know, spending a whole bunch of time hunting them. You know, if the sign's not telling me anything, the cameras aren't telling me anything, then, you know, I can kind of go ahead and, and write that spot off at least for now, you know, maybe it fires up next week, but you know, for this time period, it's just not going. I think that's extremely efficient and a great way to do it. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea, especially, you know, when you talk about like eliminating spots, especially for you, that's, you know, that's coming here and, and putting your, putting your time in, you want to be as efficient as possible. Um, and it, you know, since you're, so that's, okay, I have a question for you, Josh. So yeah. you're targeting, you know, you're, you're targeting, you clearly want, you know, um, a good shooter buck, which I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you're looking at like a couple inches past the years, want something high, a little bit of mass, you know, a buck that any, any hunter out there is like that, that's, that's going to have to go down, you know, unless you're like hunting some insanely managed thing where you're letting, you know, those type of bucks go. So, um, you're going for that. You hit day 13. Where's your head at? Ooh, man. You know, I I'm calling Max for a goose hunt. Or I, you're shooting that forky. <laughs> you know, I I am probably this year. I'm probably going to eat my tag if okay. if a forky is the option. Um, mm-hmm. I'll shoot some does. Um, probably along okay. the way. I'm I'm like you, man. Like if I get a good shot at a doe, I don't care if it is during yep. the rut. Like I'll shoot it. And you yep. know, if I if I think she was acting funny, like she might be hot, I'll go find her and then I'll set up. You know, twenty yards downwind. And just sit there, you know, I, now I have uh, bait, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. and, and right, see, yeah. see if anything comes through. Because I've seen that happen before where other hunters have shot a doe, let it lay for a little bit during the rut, and had other bucks come in and kind of start, or had bucks come in, you know, start nosing her around, poking her with their antlers, trying to figure out what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, I think I think this year I'm going to push myself to pass on, you know, even one like I shot last year. That was a you know little basket rack buck, but this year it's getting a pass. I th- I think I would really love to walk away with something 115 to 120 class, um, mm-hmm. and that's more of an age thing. Just because you know if it's a if it's a a nice two year old in the area where I'm hunting, it's probably got 110 inches of antler on its head. You yeah, know? Uh, a, a three year old's definitely a, a 115 to 120 class deer. Uh, just because it's it's a good area, you know, they're just mm-hmm. they're just good deer around there, mm-hmm. and um, but now, man, the cameras have shown me shown me things, and uh, I I don't want to say I'm gonna pass a 120 on the first day, but after seeing what I've seen, I might have to think twice. I'm gonna write down. I'm going to write down, you said you won't punch. 
we'll, uh, we'll see. No, I honestly, I, I, I've always been the type, like whatever you would shoot on the last day, shoot it on the first. So, mm-hmm. you know, if a, if a nice buck, you know, walks out, one that I would be happy to put on the wall walks out on the first day, but it's not one of the big ones that I've got on camera, I'm probably going to go ahead and take a shot. Um, yeah. And just leave my cameras up and have you go get them once season ends because i want to see if they came through (laughs) you know after i after i left or whatever i see i you know you say don't pass on the first day which they let see i'm kind of like you know what it's okay to change your mind if you if something comes in and it feels right do it if it comes in and it doesn't feel i have that to me happen to me all the time i get i've gotten into a mindset at my like it happens to me my parents often where i'm like you know so we get to a point in the season where Megan is like my wife. She's like, I want venison now. I'm sick of eating geese and stuff like that. Like, yeah. or we're like, you know, we're right right now. We're down to like our last. I think we got like one shank left from last year, and that's so like one good crockpot meal, and we're pretty much done, you know, with venison from last year. So now, you know, you know, this, like I said, Megan's kind of like, if you're gonna be out there, you know get something, you know? And so as, and I, you know, she knows that during the rut that I'm like, well, this is when the big ones come out, you know? Um, but you know, we've gone to my parents where I've been like, I, I, you know what, you know, hun, I'm going to shoot, you know, the first buck that walks underneath me, that's not a spike, you know? And then that, you know, a little bit smaller basket eight comes in or right out to the ears, eight comes in. And I just, I like, it's like my body doesn't do anything. You know, they walk, I pick up my bow and I don't even draw. And then I go back to the house and she's like, you see anything? I was like, yeah, I saw an eight pointer. And I'm like, I couldn't do it. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a bigger one somewhere, you know? <laughs> and I can't, t- I can't tell you how many times that's caused me to like go up like a three day weekend without punching a tag, punching a bow tag. Um, just for that, that simple thing where like, you know when it's 10 times worse if is if you see one of those big ones uh josh on the hoof <laughs> when you see one of those big ones on the hoof and you've seen it in person and you know it's real life not just on a picture oh yeah that changes your brain all of a sudden too like oh, stuff like that i'm sure you know you're like okay he's here you know yeah that type of thing so yeah. i remember a couple couple years back i had um it was like prime prime like cruising time and it was 11 in the morning and I was in the big buck stand and uh deer activity had shut off it was real windy it was kind of warm like just not really deery <laughs> yeah, you know yeah and I was like eh, should I get out and get lunch whatever and then I just saw like just a like a 150 class just a gigantor like perfectly typical too just like tall tines just do 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 you know coming oh. right through right through and it was out of it wasn't quite out of range probably like 25 yards but he was going so fast and he was just like booking it and I could I tried grunting at him I tried everything and he just didn't even bother he just kept going but I saw that buck and I don't I don't even know if I filled my gun buck tag that year because I had it in my head that he'd be back oh man yeah someone shot him like a mile away but anyway it was it was you know you get that in your head and you're just you know it's yeah. the best time of the year, Josh. Yeah, man, I, I'm i pumped. So I'll show you real quick because the listeners can't see this. So this is one of the, uh, this is one of the, I would say, medium to smaller of the nice deer that have started to show up on camera. 
Oh yeah. Nice. So now, see, that's, that's no question for me. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But him and bigger are roaming out there right now. And, uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, ah, I, you know, my original goal was like, just something I'm happy to put on the wall. And then I'll start getting those pictures and I'm like, uh, maybe that's got to get you like extra spikes though. That this, you know, some of this, you said this stuff kind of just started kind of firing off. These did, yeah. Bigger bucks or, yeah. He was that's good. That's the picture. That was the first picture of a buck coming hey, in. Man, you're, the seeing, you're seeing the, you're seeing the October transition. They're yeah. probably, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what I kept telling myself this past weekend. I was like, anything could happen, you know, and crappy weather, not great. And I was hunting one spot that just didn't have the sign. Um, but I kept telling myself, I'm like, oh, you know, they could transition over to here. And, but, you know, no such luck at that time. But who knows? Maybe that spot's going to be, you know, on absolute fire starting this weekend. Who knows? Yeah. You never know, man. So, you really never. I, I So my cameras are showing me a bunch of small bucks up on their feet today. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely starting to pick up. But um, anyway, well, Max, man, thanks for coming back on the show. We'll have to uh, try to connect while I'm in Wisconsin here in... Uh, couple of days dude it is not far off so yeah uh, i'm i'm excited it's the best time of the year I'm, I'm glad that you're i'm glad that you're still coming back to wisconsin and stuff like that and um yeah it's uh it's a great time i'm excited i'm excited we'll be in touch josh we'll be i'll be texting you i'm sure because it's gonna it's gonna get wild so all right man well thanks i'll uh i'll let you get to it have a good evening yeah have a good one That's all for this week's episode. If you dig this podcast, be sure to go and subscribe wherever you find your other podcasts. If you would, please go leave us a five-star review. I'd very much appreciate it. You can follow along with all my outdoor adventures on Instagram, at the Wisconsin Sportsman. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Deer Lab. Please go support the brands that support this show. And until next time, make sure to take the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.